first destination was Watchtower. The stories mentioned them existing along the borders of both kingdoms, meant to help protect them from roving bands of marauders, monstrous creatures. Throughout the centuries, the borders had changed drastically to the point that they almost didn't exist, but the watchtowers remained. Finding a watchtower meant finding one of the borders. From there, we could get a lay of the land, both metaphorically and literally. Finding a map would be a miracle, but at the very least, we would get enough information to find other locations that would have useful information. The hermit was the one who told us of the watchtower, or what he thought might be a watchtower. He spoke of a tall stone tower, worn smooth by time, yet still standing strong and mostly intact. Though their focus had shifted to creating marvels of destructions, both kingdoms had once created great marvels of architecture designed to stand through the ages. Many such structures remained, either in the center of cities or in towns, or hidden within the neutral zone. I had never seen the tower he told us of, but its continued existence was no surprise to me. It was near a river, too, which would make it easier to find. Not that it would be an easy journey. With all of the movement going on in the woods, all of the people relocating to different settlements or leaving the area entirely, there would be dangers. Rogue hunting parties on the lookout for spies and defectors. They tended to be the apprehend-first-ask-questions-later type, if you were lucky. Still, it was better to run into them than one of the bands of creatures and monsters that lived in these woods. Normally, they could be avoided, but with the mass exodus, many would be looking for new places to live and hunt, and we would have to be careful to stay out of their way. Being a small band meant we would be less obvious, and being on horseback allowed us to travel faster. But being small also meant that, should something decide to pick a fight, things could go very poorly, very quickly. Thankfully, the first part of the journey went smoothly. The druid has proved adept at not only helping identify and avoid dangerous plants, she helped us around the wildlife as well. It shouldn't have been that surprising, given that she was a druid and I knew they supposedly had a strong connection to nature, but knowing it and seeing it are two different things. She had an easier time understanding the flora and fauna of the place than she had understanding its people. Part of that, we realized, came from the years she spent wandering on her own. The other part came from a deep affinity for the natural world that she had since she was very little. There's something graceful about the way she moved through the brush sidestepping creatures' burrows, and the more delicate plant growth. This affinity would prove helpful as her path nearly took us in the territory of a great beast. Most of the great beasts had long since migrated far from here, perhaps disappearing from the continent entirely. When we went on our journey, I would wager there was a handful left, living on the far outskirts of the kingdoms. I had heard legends of them, told by the Fae in our community who spoke of the days when these majestic creatures once roamed freely. It was a nice bedtime story, one I never expected to see. Then again, many unexpected things were happening, so I shouldn't have been surprised when the druidess signaled for all of us to crouch near some dense brush. We followed her lead and hid. 
I started to ask what we were hiding from. The list of potential threats swirling through my mind came to a screeching halt as I saw what she had sensed. It was large and absolutely magnificent and more than a little terrifying. Never before had I seen a creature so large and docile. The closest comparison I can make is a deer, but that doesn't do it justice. The eyes reminded me of falling stars caught in the boughs of trees. Trees whose branches spread wide as they trailed down the ridge from the top of the head down the sloping neck. Some of those may have continued along the flank as well, but that more closely resembled writhing vines than twisting branches. I would have thought that the forest itself was moving had we not been close enough to make out the form. The four long legs that looked more like tree trunks than legs leading to a body covered in brambles. It was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen, save the few sunsets watched from the tops of trees and far from any civilization. Yet I knew deep in my bones that if I dared cross these creatures, it would be the last thing that I did. So we remained as still as possible in the brush until the creatures had passed, and then we moved on. Wait, 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 wait. what were those? My people, we call them the Great Ones, or the Old Ones, for they are great, and they've been here since the beginning and were remained here until the end. Most have left this continent, but it seems a few still remain. Yeah, I've heard stories about these creatures. <laughs> this place is really more their home than ours. But it looks like even the last few left are leaving to go find somewhere new. Indeed. My people revered them. It's said we once traveled with them, tending to the earth in their wake but time and trials forced us to settle down and seize our journeying. The fact that we may be the last to bear witness to such things saddens me greatly. This continent has lost so much. You miss them, don't you? More than I can express. Perhaps once we bring an end to this world, they will return. Or you could go seek them out. May even run into more of your people. Do you really think we can pull this off? I've seen quite a few impossible things in the past few days. What's one more? This journey is going to take more than a few days, but I agree. If there's even the slightest chance that this could work, we have to take it. And the hermit has our notes on what we found. If this is real but we die in the process, then someone else can follow in our footsteps. Either way, if there's a chance to end this war peacefully, I'm going to take it. You have been listening to Ceasefire, the story of the end of a war that did not end the world. This story was written and produced by Brianna Jean as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. In this episode, you can hear the voices of Brianna Jean as Vivian. Zadkiel Vasky-Huff as Sam, David Tilstra as James, Jordan Marie as the Druidess. You can support all of our productions over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. 
To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com.